Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Friday the 26th of April. Coming up, four Debenham stores in Kent could close. I think the closure of so many stores in Kent will take many by surprise. Um, to be honest, only last week the noises within Debenhams were that no decisions had yet been taken. Teachers trained on how to use tech in the classroom. There are some really inspirational curriculum products that use videos and virtual reality to bring learning to life. Former Kent schoolboy gets ready for flight around the world. The views, particularly over the ice cap in Greenland, uh, are something that I'm really excited to see. And in football, preparations are underway for Gillingham final home game of the season. They're all looking forward to going out there on Saturday and performing and um, I'm sure they'll put on a, a good performance. Kent Online News. There's some more bad news for the high street today. Debenhams has announced plans to close 22 stores, including four in Kent. Shops in Ashford, Canterbury, Chatham and Folkestone are at risk as the struggling chain's new owners try to return the company to profitability. The move could mean the loss of 1,200 jobs across the country. Our business editor Chris Britcher has been giving us his take on the news. I think the closure of so many stores in Kent will take many by surprise. Um, To be honest, only last week the noises within Debenhams were that no decisions had yet been taken. Uh, And now, obviously, uh, they've announced it's a rather large cull. But it's a move which is clearly deemed necessary for one of the nation's biggest retailers to continue to survive. Um, Four out of the six branches in the county are to shut next year, and that will, I suspect, have quite a profound impact on many of the town centres. It's another major blow to the high street, which has already seen a string of closures over recent months. Ashford has seen its Marks and Spencers shut earlier this year, and now it's losing the anchor tenant of its County Square Centre. Canterbury again lost its uh, Nason's department store, which had traded in the city for nearly 100 years last year, and the list goes on. These are the sort of re- retailers who traditionally were seen as bringing in shoppers to town centres, which in turn help the other stores to flourish. And of course, the many staff who work at these outlets, many of whom will have worked there for many years and be part of the community, are now facing up to the reality of losing their jobs. Ken has been hit very hard by this, and with only outlets in Gravesend and Westwood Cross in Thanet left, uh, the county is pretty much bidding farewell to this major retail chain. The shoppers in Chatham were disappointed to hear their local Debenhams is likely to close. Very, very sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of the last decent stores that there is around yeah. in this area. Yeah. Um, it just seems to me that Chatham Town Centre has just gone down and down and down and down. Yeah. To the point where if this closes, there'll be no need for us to come down here shopping. Chatham needs it, doesn't it? There are some other good shops in Chatham. Such as? Um, well, you know, clothes shops and everything. But you can get quite a few um, different, you know, mixture of things here. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we come here every week, you know. And I've just heard now, like you... It's never good to see a big shop like that close down, especially in like a high street that's declining so much at the moment. Yeah. Especially like that was kind of quite a big customer pool mm. of like pulling people into the high street because of that. So yeah, it is a shame. Obviously, the whole de- like general decline of the high street overall, wherever you go, 
Overall, Debenhams is aiming to shut 50 of its 166 shops. That's almost a third of branches. Kent Online reports. New figures show violent crime in Kent has risen by more than a quarter in a year. According to the Office for National Statistics, the number of offences recorded by police of violence against a person have gone up from 61,000 in 2017 to 77,500 last year. There was also an increase in cases of stalking and harassment, crimes involving weapons and sexual offences. Ebbsfleet's football players have issued another collection statements saying they haven't been paid on time again this month. They also claim none of them have received compensation or a bonus, despite the club saying they would. Their wages have been paid late at least three times this season, and there have also been other financial issues. Controversial plans for two new schools at a nature reserve near Maidstone have been given the go-ahead. A primary and a secondary for children with special needs are going to be built on Pope's Field in Boxley. The proposed Proposals were approved at a meeting last night by seven votes to five. There's a warning of travel disruption and even power cuts in Kent as Storm Hannah sweeps across the county later. A yellow weather alert's in place from nine tonight until three tomorrow afternoon, with gusts set to reach more than 50 miles per hour. Kent Online News. Now it's hoped more children in Kent will get to use technology in the classroom, thanks to new training for teachers in the county. Hundreds of them have been shown demonstrations of different digital tools to help learning at an event in Maidstone this week. With many schools facing financial pressure, the teachers have been finding out how they can use technology they already have in new ways to help cut costs at the same time as giving pupils the best possible education. Caroline Wright is the Director General of the British Educational Suppliers Association, which ran the event. She's been telling us more about how important technology is in teaching. Let's be honest, if I was a teacher, if you and I were teachers, we would not want to stand up in front of a class of 30 children and, you know, not know how to use a technology well, when kids usually know how to do it better than we do. So actually, it's about giving teachers the confidence and taking away the fear factor of giving them time to learn how to use digital technologies well so that they can start using them, you know, in a pressurised situation when they're sort of looking after and and teaching 30 children at a time, getting them comfortable with the idea of using technology so that can actually save them time and make their whole experience more pleasurable. But what it's not about, what really, really got to say, it's not about, it's not about technology replacing um, other kinds of learning. It's not about technology replacing textbooks or going outdoors and, and seeing, um, you know, the environment or PE. It's about actually using technology to enhance. It won't replace, but it'll enhance. And if we can make our teachers more confident in it, that will be great. They've already pressurised jobs. They've already got a lot to do. So it's really about helping teachers in Maidstone and Kent know how to get the best out of some of the the, the time-saving um, digital things that are out there already. Kent Online reports. A former Kent schoolboy is getting ready to set off on a childhood dream to fly around the world. 35-year-old Ross Edmondson, who grew up in Sevenoaks, will be setting off from the USA next month and will travel around 40,000 miles before landing back in the States next April. Nicola's been chatting to him to find out why he decided to do it. It's something I've always dreamed of doing. As soon as I had learned to fly, and even before, 
I was attracted by the idea of long, adventurous flights uh, into less traveled locations uh, to try and see more of the world. The three that I was really most interested in were flying coast to coast across the US, flying the length of Africa from London to Cape Town, and then uh, the ultimate flight around the world. I've had the opportunity to carry out the first two flights already over the past decade. And now with my with my job, I have the time to uh, to make a go of the third one. And you're going to be raising money for charity at the same time, aren't you? Can you tell us a bit about the charity and how you're connected to that? That's right, yeah. So with the flight, I wanted to use the opportunity to try and raise money for African Promise, a charity that was founded by a school friend of mine uh, called Charles. Shortly after we left school, he went and spent some time in Africa um, working to rebuild a primary school. When he saw how much of a difference that had made and how uh, how effective it was in improving the education opportunities for the locals, he decided to, to try and commit a lot of his uh, his time and really his energy over the past 10 years now to running his own charity, African Promise, which is devoted to supporting primary education in Kenya. So a really worthwhile charity. But coming back to the challenge itself, what do you think are going to be the most exciting and most challenging parts of it? For me, probably the uh, the most exciting sections that I'm looking forward to the most are the, uh, the big ocean crossings, which are really not something you ever tend to do in small aircraft like mine. The Atlantic has, has shorter legs, um, but much more challenging conditions. Um, but the views, particularly over the ice cap in Greenland, uh, are something that I'm really excited to see. The longest legs will be across the Pacific Ocean. The longest of those flights will be the last one, Hawaii to California, uh, and is nearly two and a half miles, uh, and I'll be over the water for 17 hours or more. How on earth do you prepare for that? Because I should think, fair enough, when you're, you're up and flying, but mentally you've got to be on it for that entire time, haven't you? I'm anticipating being over water for that long will concentrate the mind uh, a fair amount uh, and keep me alert. Um, but what I did do uh, some, uh, some weeks ago, I then conducted a test flight from Florida all the way across to California, which was about the same length, but over land the whole way. Um, that all went very smoothly. Uh, I landed with the fuel reserves that I need. So now when I take off to do it for real, I'll have a lot more confidence having done it once already. What have your family said about the challenge? They've taken it very much in their stride. Um, they're, they're used to my slightly out-of-the-ordinary ideas now, um, right from my, my very first cross-continent flight back in 2007, and then the flights to and around Africa uh, and so on. So I think they're a little apprehensive. They know uh, the challenges and the risks, but uh, they they know the level of preparation that I've put in, and they're looking forward to coming and joining me around the world in some locations as well. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have a tough final home game of the season this weekend as they face promotion-chasing Charlton. The Jills have already secured their League One status after picking up four points from their last two games. Manager Steve Lovell says they're all looking forward to tomorrow's match. We haven't got to tell the players anything. They, they know what, what needs to be done um, and they've, they've done it all season. The players have been magnificent. They've, uh, they've worked hard and given everything in every game. I know there's been a couple of poor performances this year but that's not from the one to try and it's just a, a certain circumstances in games. People make mistakes and maybe that's you know early on in the season when we conceded Quite a few goals early on in the season that you know it was uh, maybe a, a problem that we've had this year, um, but uh, the majority of the time, uh, well most of the time, they've been they've been excellent. 
So yeah, they're all looking forward to going out there on Saturday and performing and um, I'm sure they'll put on a, a good performance against Charlton and, and Blackpool, who again, Blackpool have had a good season. There's never uh, an easy game, I've said that, they're all tough games. They're all tough games in League One, and, um, but we've, uh, we've uh, done well ourselves. Um, and I think we've only lost two, I think, in the last 11, maybe three in the last 11. So it's a decent run we've had um, and we've got to just finish it off now. That's it for now. But for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.